What's going on, Bulls fans? Welcome to another episode of Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for everything Chicago Bulls related. We got our second mailbag episode for this weekend. You guys got a lot of voicemails in, had to weave through them, so we're going to have our second mailbag episode. We're also going to talk about where Io DeSumo went in the 2021 redraft done by Bleacher Report. Do they have him still too low? Is he too high? We'll get into all that and more right after this. You are now tuned in to Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for all things Chicago Bulls, hosted by Hayes. All right, Bulls fans. So, hey, thank you for joining me. You can be anywhere in the world, but you're here with me. We are another step closer to Chicago Bulls games being played. I just, yeah, I'm super excited. Training camps open in like eight days, so it is what it is there. But with that being said, uh, before we get into the mailbag, I did want to talk about this. So, Bleach Report. Hit or more of a miss publication than a than a hit publication, but they've been doing these redrafts um, all throughout the summer, looking for summer content. And they recently did the 2021 redraft, and our very own Io DeSumo actually leaped 22 spots to hit to that number 16 spot in Bleacher Report's redraft. Now, I personally think that's still a little too low when you're looking at the board and the fact that Io DeSumo was voted all rookie, and so. I do think he should have been higher in this. I honestly think he probably should have cracked the top 10. So I'm going to naturally bring that conversation to you guys. I want to hear from where you guys think on this. So looking at where Ayo DeSumo is, he does come in at number 16 on this list, uh, drafted ahead of players like Jose Alvarado, who was originally not drafted, Zion, uh, Zaire Williams, who was originally the number 10th overall pick, Corey Kispert, who was originally the 15th overall pick. He jumps tons of people. That were drafted ahead of him. And one thing that I've been saying since Io DeSumo had the season that he has is he he has as much potential as almost anyone who actually went in the lottery in that draft. And so while he's still outside of the lottery in this redraft, let's look at the players that are above him. So you have Isaiah Jackson, who was originally picked 22nd, leaping up to number 15 on this. Now, considering what he did, considering that he led the NBA in block percentage last season, okay, consider he's a big man, passing big man. Those are rare in the NBA and kind of understand it there. Now, Quentin Grimes, who originally went number 25. Now, come on, listen, I'm not saying that his potential isn't high. I'm not saying that he, he Quentin Grimes can't be a good NBA player, but he hasn't shown what Io DeSumo shown. Davion Mitchell, another one, originally picked ninth, goes 13 in this redraft. I still personally have uh, Io DeSumo above him. Now, Davion Mitchell, he did have in the last 10 games of the season, he averaged 19.5. Points per game, 10 assists, 1.4 threes. Listen, those are pretty solid, but that's that's the last 10 games of the season. And as we know, they aren't playing for anything over there. Um, Chris Duarte, above Iota Sumo as well, coming in at number 12 on this redraft. He was originally picked number 13th, but considering he's already 25 years old, I got, uh, and yeah, he's shown some things, but I still have. Iota Sumo above him because of Iota Sumo's age, his versatility in defending. Yeah, we haven't quite seen the package of Iota Sumo, like the, the offensive game come along the, quite the way that he showed it in Illinois, but I still got him above uh, Chris Duarte as well. Then Jalen Suggs coming in. Jalen Suggs originally the fifth overall pick in last year's draft. Um, I'm sorry. I'm going Iota Sumo all day. Call me a homer. It is what it is there. And then you start getting into some of the players that I can kind of see. Uh, Singun, originally picked 16th, pretty damn good player. R real, a lot, of, a lot of potential there. I can understand that. Herbert Jones, originally picked 35th, not too far from Io DeSumo, jumps all the way in, up to number nine in this draft, in, in this redraft, I should say. And considering his size, considering the position, I kind of understand it. 
he could turn into a great 3D player in this league, and we've seen it, and we actually have a voicemail about him and comparing him to Daylon Terry, so we're going to talk about that here in a little bit. But, you know, that's just kind of where I think. Bones Highland uh, coming in at number eighth. Jonathan Kamiga, number seventh. Uh, Jalen Green, number six. Josh Giddy still number five, who was originally picked number six. Uh, and then Franz Wagner, originally picked eighth, goes fourth in this redraft. I'm really, I'm, I'm not hating that. And then the top three are the top three. Evan Mowgli coming in at number three. Scotty Barnes, number two. And Cade Cunningham, number one. Can't make any arguments with that. But let me know what you guys think about everything down below. Let me know what you think. Where would Io DeSumo go or where should he go if the 2021 draft was redone? Where do you think uh, Io DeSumo would go in that draft? All right. Now, let's get off of that. This, this is a voicemail episode, and we can't do that without the voicemail. So we got Shay up first. He leaves this. What's up, Hayes? This is Shay. You know, I was thinking, and I've heard a couple people say this, and you kind of got on me about this, but I think Dalen Terry possibly could develop maybe into a Herb Jones. Now, look, hear me out. They're about the same size, even though Dalen Terry's probably 6'7". I think Herb Jones is like 6'6", six, six or 6'8". Six, I think they're around the same size. I know Dalen Terry's a little small, but I, but I think he could put some muscle on on with years to come. And plus, they're talking about playing him at the power point spot, which Herb Jones actually is. And remember, both of those guys play with the same type of intensity, and they both have something to prove. So don't be surprised if my take comes out to be right. Anyway, tell me what you think. All right, Shea coming with the Herb Jones comparisons. And so you guys know I'm, I really don't like to make comparisons to players before they really get into the um, – into the league and we actually see how their play, see how their play style develops over time, things like that. I'm not a really big comparison guy, but I will say this. The Herbert Jones comparison is one that I can understand when you look at just their measurables. Herb Jones, 6'7", 206 pounds. Dalen Terry, 6'7", 195 pounds, maybe a little bit more than that. We'll see what it comes in at training camp. He's been putting in a lot of work, but definitely to Shay's point can add some, some size to that frame. When you look at their wingspans, very similar with both seven feet wingspans on top of that. So yeah, they, they have some good comparisons. And so looking at Herb Jones' stats for last season for the New Orleans Pelicans, he started 69 games, played in 78 overall. He averaged 29.9 minutes per game. He had a three-point uh, percentage of 33.7. Um, he averaged nine and a half uh, points, 2.1 assists, right under a block per game. That's Herb Jones It does shape up to be quite a 3-and-D player in this NBA. And if Daylon Terry turns into that with the production, uh, with – uh, Patrick Williams taking a step up with the scoring of Zach Levine, and we'll see what other play, pieces we have around him. But I think Dalen Terry, at least for where I am right now, I think Dalen Terry has more scoring potential than what some people are leaving credit to, especially if he can work on that shot. We've seen players like one, one on our roster, Alonzo Ball, really turning their shot around, and he turned into one of the better, better three-point shooters in the NBA. So, yeah, I think that right now, without seeing them play, yes, Dalen Terry, I think, potential is even higher than Herb Jones was coming into the league. Now, that's to be said. Herb Jones has had a whole season now. Uh, we've been able to see what he is. He was a second-round second, second round pick, though. Dalen Terry's coming in at the 18th overall pick. So you would want to see Dalen Terry and hope that Dalen Terry has more potential, at least, at least to start with. But I'm not one to hate that comparison. And I don't know if Dalen Terry gets the opportunity that Herb Jones has had in his first season I just highly doubt I don't see a world in which Dalen Terry is getting 29 almost 30 minutes per game uh in in this if something if Dalen Terry gets 30 minutes per game I said this with I said this I would assume in a different light and I'm gonna say it now with Dalen Terry if Dalen Terry gets 30 minutes per game in his rookie season 
something's gone terribly, terribly wrong or amazingly right for the Chicago Bulls if that does happen. So I highly doubt he's going to have the chance to have that type of impact. But as we look at Dalen Terry and what he can potentially turn into, I think that potential is higher than Herb Jones right now. But I'll say this, if her, if he gives us a Herb Jones-like impact and production early in his career in the time that he's given, I don't think anybody can hate on that. I don't think, like some, some people would say, hey, he's an 18th overall pick. He needs to give more than that. But some people are just that. And I, I wouldn't say that I'd hate it. I just hope and I think as of right now with what I've seen, Dalen Terry is shaping up and has the potential to give more than that is what I'll say. But let me know what you guys think on that. What do you think about the comparison between Herb Jones and Dale and Terry, but let's move on. We're going to get into the next voicemail. This one is from Eight Lives. How you doing? Hey, this is Eight Lives, man. I came in today. Uh, my topic of the day is going to be uh, my boy Javante Green. Um, I want to say uh, I, I believe that uh, one of the reasons that the Bulls is okay without making big moves, I want to say, has to kind of do the problem with Javante Green and um, what's his name? I forget the other wing, the tall wing, man. I'm not flat dunking dude, but we kept thinking his name right on my back. But uh, speaking of Javante, um, Javante got a lot of tricks in his bag, man. Uh, Javante, I feel like he played under a little bit of duress last year because he played out of position, always playing, you know, almost centers and power boards. I think um, he got a lot of tricks in his bag as far as his defense. You know, he gets some nice steals. He uh, chased guys down, uh, blocked the ball from the back. And I believe that with him playing in somewhat of his position this year, I think that's a weapon that a lot of people are uh, underestimating, man. Uh, this guy has, has had a lot of high-flying dunks for us. He also got to always make Stacey King jump out his seat with the uh, high-slamming jammers or whatever his Stacey King calls it. So um, I think that's one of the um, um, pieces that, we forgetting that we haven't as far as, uh, you know, us not making any trades, man. Um, I believe this dude deserves, you know, some time. And I know that uh, he's the type that's going to take advantage of his time on the court this year. So be looking out for Devontae Green, man. He won our secret pieces, man. Thanks. Eight Lives has been on point all weekend. So he talks about Javante Green and what Javante Green's going to bring. And I've said this before, too. Like, the, the way the minutes are going to shake out for Javante is one of the more interesting things to watch in the Bulls preseason and heading into the season. Like, how do they use them? We know we have a ton of back-to-backs. We know we have a very tough schedule to start. So maybe we do see some minutes for some other players come down. But to 8 Live's point, what Javante Green gave us last season, what he, and what, like at, at playing an undersized power forward for the majority of the season, it, may, it makes you wonder and very hopeful for him moving back to a more natural position playing more of the threes, still going to play some backup four, especially if Marco Simonovic, as I talked about in yesterday's episode, isn't really ready to give the Bulls some, some at least offensive production. We're going to see a lot of Javante Green early on into the season, and he's going to have every opportunity to play. When you look at the intensity level, when you look at what he can do out in transition, when you look at when his shot is falling, one of the things he has said himself that he's been working on this summer is being a more consistent three-point shooter. There was a lot of times that corner three was open for Javante Green, and he just didn't hit it at times. He didn't hit it at times. Like, that's not to, to, to crap on him as a player because what he gave us on almost every other facet of the game was huge for us. He was a very, he was very much one of those grit and grind players. And I love that type of player coming off the bench. Javante Green is a Chicago Bull type player. And I think that, well, you know, when you look at the players that come off the bench and things historically that Chicago Bulls love, they love work ethic. And Javante putting in that work ethic, I think is going to be a big season potentially for Javante Green 
in his role as a sixth man coming up. Well, he, that, that that's overstating. He's not going to be the sixth man. He's not going to be the first one coming off the bench. But I do think Javante is going to have every opportunity. When you look at like the trust that he had to garner with um Billy Donovan, it it, it it's like. Yeah, I think they're going to find minutes for Javante. I don't know how many minutes it ended up being and shaking out to be. When you look at him as a starter, he started, he averaged 23.5 uh, points per game last season. He started 45 games out of 65 played for the Chicago Bulls last season. So I do think his his minutes coming off the bench are probably going to be more like maybe 16 to 18 initially, just as they're trying to work out this roster. But Javante is going to have every opportunity, and I trust that Javante is going to have a nice season coming off the bench, and we're going to be very happy with the bench production we get for Javante Green from Javante Green heading into next season. All right, let's get into this next one. This one is from Ricky Carroll. What up, brother? Hey, this Ricky Carroll again. You know, I've been sitting on, I've been watching your broadcasters, you and um, Lock on Bulls, and I was watching that guy on Bulls Central say some really crazy stuff, man. I mean, man, never mind, but let me get to the point. Billy. Is the key to the Bulls' success. If he do what he's supposed to do, the Bulls gonna be all right. If he coach everybody the same, and what I mean by that, get on playoffs, don't play defense, not just those who score, they gonna be cool, man. You know, like if they play good defense, and everybody don't forget about that Monty Green, he can play excellent defense. What is everybody talking about? Like Alonzo not there, they're not gonna be a good team. If Lonzo there, they're going to be a better team, but they're already a good team, and people need to get on that and stand on that, okay? And I'm going to make this prediction right quick. If Billy do Demonte Green like he did him last year, Demonte Green will be will ask for a trade by a trading season, you know, before the trade deadline, should I say. Because a lot of games, Demonte Green came in there and hustled and busted his butt, and Billy snatched him out the game. He's the first one he snatched up the game. If you sit back and think about it, them games that them uh that um uh, the Rosa hit, the last shots, the Monte Green had a lot to do with that. The ball getting to the getting to him, okay. I mean, I mean by playing defense and, and scoring layups and stuff and helping out on defense for the Bulls to get to that point. Andre Drummond. Great pickup, man. The Bulls management know they was going to get to Mavellian who could play ball, okay? Who they ain't got to worry about him not doing his job. He would do his job. Matter of fact, I wanted him before they got Bulls. They got a very good player, man, when they got him. Oh, he's going to be excellent. Everybody just get off his back and don't put no pressure on him. He, the kid worked hard. He hustled. He got, what, maybe that six, seven, eight pounds of muscle put on him. He cut now. He's a hard worker. He's going to be pretty good. Patrick, if they run the ball, he will average 15, 17 points easy. When he got the ball in his hand, take the ball to the basket, and don't be trying to give it up unless the guy is wide open. Take the ball to the basket, jump, shoot, score, or get fouled. All right. So, Ricky, Ricky, I love Ricky because Ricky's takes are always like Ricky literally goes off the deep end sometimes like to say that Javante Green's gonna request a trade bro this is not and I don't mean this this is me this is me joking right but let's let's not make this a soap opera like Javante Green isn't gonna ask for a trade he's a free agent at the end of the season he has no reason to ask for a trade and even then his salary isn't huge 
It's not gonna. You're not gonna hear Javante Green requesting a trade. I can. I can say that right. No matter what happens, you're not gonna hear Javante Green requesting a trade. But to the other points that Ricky Carroll did make on this voicemail, one, Billy Donovan, the key to the Bulls' success, in a lot of ways, yes. I, I've been saying over the course of this summer, he needs to do more. He needs to use his roster a little bit better. He needs to put players in better positions. We saw sometimes where. Just you, you worried about the defensive scheme. You worried about the offense. You worried about how certain players were like turned into spot up shooters and the, the offense got stagnated like at times. Like, yes, we need to see Billy Donovan st- taking a, a step up to better utilize this team. That's what that's one of the things that they're betting on with continuity. With continuity comes familiarity. And with familiarity, you should be able to better get hopefully get more out of your players. We aren't a team that's been together five, six years where we should be stagnating yet. The, the, the point of betting on continuity is because this team hasn't been together long. And through that time, through that continuity, you learn how to better use players if you're a good coach. And Billy Donovan is a good coach. He's not a great coach, right? I'm not, I'm not willing to say that. But he's a good coach. And I do think that Billy Donovan and this coaching staff are going to go into the lab. They're going to work some things out. They're going to come out with an offense that's better suited to certain players and maybe not as predictable at certain times. They have a great offensive weapon in Zach Levine. They have a, a, a great one as well in DeMar DeRozan, but you can't rely just on that. Those That's stoppable in the way that they play with that isolation ball if they keep doing what they were doing in the second half of last season. So, yes, Billy Donovan, as much as Patrick Williams, as much as Iota Sumu, as much as anyone else you want to point to to this Chicago Bulls team, that needs to improve over the course of the summer, Billy Donovan has to work out some better rotation. He has to work out a better scheme. You have some versatile players on this team, and we saw at times even Nikola Vucevic was turned into a spot-up shooter in the offense at times. That needs to change. That needs to change. So, you know, hopefully that does come with continuity, and I and I agree. Like, Billy Donovan does need to take a step up. Am I as down on him as some people were during the season? No. But Billy Donovan, I do think that, that like, he builds – Typically, he has built his system to the talent that he has on this roster. And with the talent growing, hopefully, and, 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 and you know, just the, the, the development that's being done there, you want to see Patrick Williams used more in half court. You want to see Lonzo Ball used more in half court. You wanna, we've seen Patrick Williams, when he has the ball in his hands, he's a more dangerous player. I've went over the stats. So, yeah, you have great players in, in DeMar DeRozan and Zach Levine and what they can do offensively. But guess what? To continue to grow and to hit new heights with this same team that you're pretty much running it back with, you do have to find a better way to utilize certain players. And Kobe White as well can benefit from that, depending on what happens. Now, to Rick Carroll's points on Andre Drummond, Andre Drummond's gonna have a he's gonna he's gonna have a bigger impact than I think what even some Bulls fans and basketball fans in general are having for the team. When you look at what the Bulls were missing, size, right? A player that that can come in with bigger lineups that some teams, very few though, have those traditional huge lineups. Andre Drummond is going to be able to come in and do that. The rebounding, getting the Chicago Bulls extra possessions, what he can do out in transition. And Andre Drummond is not a, a anything to, 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 to overlook when it comes to his ability to get steals and, and play in passing lanes as well. Like, yes, the, he's going to get the Bulls extra possessions in many different ways. And I do think Andre Drummond is going to have a big season for the Chicago Bulls team. Thanks for Ricky for leaving that in. Let's go ahead and get into the last voicemail for today. This one is from Brian Arag. Sorry if it's Brian or Ryan out west, and he leaves this. Hey, man, this Ryan from out west, man, Chicago, man. Hey, what I was trying to say, man, is uh, Boots basically saved our franchise, man, because I don't know if y'all remember, man, but we were getting ready to go to the playoffs and Zach didn't catch that corona, man. But before that, we was getting blew out by 20, 30 points every night. My wife was laughing at me, man. I'm about to give up my fanhood, man. It was getting so ugly, man. But this is all about, well, let's see how it goes. Okay, so – 
I left this one last because I, I, I wanted to do some research on this. Like, And we got to stop exaggerating. To say that the Bulls are losing by 20 and 30 points, I looked it up. We traded for Nikola Vucevic on March 25th, the season that we got him. Up until that point, the Bulls had only lost eight games by double digits. Eight or nine games by double digits and none by 30. Barely any by 20. Let's stop the exaggeration. Nikola Vucevic did not save the Chicago Bulls franchise. And I'm not somebody who's down on Nikola Vucevic, but he did not save the Bulls franchise. Let's be clear here. And to the point that I said yesterday, this front office was going to have their eye on improving the team regardless that next upcoming summer had they traded for Vooch or not. But Vooch did not save the franchise. He's also not as bad as some Bulls fans try to make him out to be. There's a, there's a middle ground for that. I feel like I feel like he went all the way to the opposite end to combat some of the, the fans that are all the way on this end. And it's like, come on, let's bring it down. Let's get more towards the middle and in realism. The Bulls are not getting blown out by 20 or 30. Were you actually watching the games? That, that this just wasn't happening. Now, to some people's point that, that, that you know, an outrage who I said yesterday he was in the comments again, shout out to him saying that, like, Nikola Vucevic came in and did what he was supposed to do. Did he give us the impact that he was last season as far as, like, the percentage and shooting splits? No. But again, a player being the third option, 17 and 11, that's a that's a really good for third option on most teams. He does need to improve on defense or let's see a whole season of him next to Patrick Williams and what that actually does for the Bulls defense. Now, we won't have Lonzo Ball, so we're still going to have a lot of questions with that, but we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. But yeah, come on. Vooch saved the Chicago Bulls franchise. Let's let's stop exaggerating, fam. Uh, but that is it for today's episode, mailback episode of Chicago Bulls Central. Make sure you're following the show at Bulls Central Pod. You can send us any feedback, questions, comments, concerns, bullscentralpod at gmail.com. Lastly, if you want to leave a text and or voicemail, the number to do so, 773-270-2799. We're the number one spot for everything Chicago Bulls related because of you guys. And like I like to end every episode on, go Bulls. Love you guys. Peace, y'all. This has been a presentation of the Break Break Media. Media.